Welcome back to Super Tuesday Recap. It's your host, Chris, here with Deepom and Roe. And we are here to talk about episode five of season one of Moon Knight Asylum. Mark and Steven search through their memories to find the find their truth or become or become left behind. Um Yeah, what did you guys think? I really enjoyed this episode. I like it. I liked it so much. It kind of pulls all the pieces together. It we kind of were really right when we said that they were going to kind of sneak in the origin story and then play around with this idea. I really like how they're taking care to still keep separate the things that are going on with him as Moon Knight and his relationship with Kanchu and his mental health issues and how that manifests and where it comes from. I thought this was really well done. And if Isaac Oscar isn't up for an Emmy, I'm only two hours away from LA. I might have to go riot because this was some amazing world building to expand into the duat and bring in the idea of overvoid and all the different things that it has to do there. But it still also is a really tight character study. And I think that it's just one of the many ways of why I like these types of odd characters that exist in the MCU and have these side quests and side stories that let you dig into the whys and wherefores of people and superhero and what we consider to be magic and beyond. So, yeah, I really like this, and I'm sad that there's only one more episode, but I think they might actually stick the landing. Yeah. Deepon, what do you think? I'm going to need Oscar to get some hardware for this. <laughs> um, it was brilliantly executed. It was an origin without being an origin. It was an origin while being a character study. It was a character study while being one of the more moving pieces of art you'll see about leaning in the forgiveness of self. Um, it was a, 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 a locked door, a, a locked room episode inside Mark's own head, but still had some of the most poignant moments that you've seen in the MCU. Um, and also, fucking Jake's everywhere. And like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. I, they're hiding him in plain sight. They, they, they gave him voice this episode. Um, it's crazy to me that they're still hiding the ball with I think because I think the finale is the shortest finale of all the MCU shows mm-hmm. I think it's 45 minutes yeah they've got a lot to do in those 45 yeah it's it's one of those things we were talking about before Deepam before we got on about how it's it I the the way this episode works it, I it's something to forget that Oscar Isaac is, is, is there's not two of them on, this on screen that is it's him <laughs> both times it's like he doesn't have a twin there's not a somebody yeah no no he's he's acting against <laughs> himself the entire time and doing a great job and like you said this is this is where <clears throat> this is why these I think I think a lot of people have been looking at the Disney Plus shows not a lot of people I think some people have been looking at the Disney Plus shows in the wrong way like oh okay we're doing Moon Knight we're doing uh, Hawkeye we're doing these things they're thinking that we're gonna get these a full complete story and we're gonna be just focusing on you know seeing uh, uh, Mark and and the 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 ceremonial garbs of, of Moon Knight and beating up people and that's all gonna be it was like no every single one of these Disney Plus shows have been character studies into what makes the characters tick and that's allowing us to do 
uh, allowing us to see what makes these characters and, and establish the baseline of these characters. So we see them later on in movies and things like that. You have to go, it's like, why are they acting this way? Or why are they doing this? You already know because it's, it's based off of there, right? You can see some of this in some of the trailers of the Multiverse of Madness, right? From what we've seen in some of the other iterations of, of, of Wanda that we've seen, like, you get it. You understand where we're at and how we've gotten to this point. Um, and I think that's the thing that I, I really love about this because you're getting this and, and, and Ro, you know, you can attest to this. We were, I was talking about this with, with Deepon before you, you joined us. I was saying when, when the MCU does decide to take like, you know, 30, 40 minutes to do a lot of talking and explaining people get, people get impatient, right? Some of the problems that people have with Eternals is there's a lot of talking in that movie. It's a lot of setup and a lot of explaining and a lot of stuff like that. And it doesn't necessarily make it wrong, but when you're coming to a two and a half hour movie, sometimes you don't want to be sitting there for that, right? But when you do something like this with, with Mark and you can explain how the fracture happened between Mark and Steven and Jake and, and what caused his, you know, what caused him to get to this point, like, it's gripping. It's, you, you understand so much of where the character is and you get that moment when he's dying and talking to Conch, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you were right for this. Yeah, he definitely took advantage of you. Um, and you were you were at this weak point, and that's it. And you don't get a lot of Conchu and 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 Mark talking in that. You get that moment. You're like, oh, it all makes sense. And so when you see this character later on in the MCU, you're gonna understand a lot of what the backstory is without having to have it explained to you on screen. Which means the movies well, now have go ahead. No, no, go finish. finish. I was just gonna say go that ahead. that means the movies don't have to do that heavy lifting, right? Because you have a character study in six episodes, right? That explains all of this stuff, gives you all the baseline, does an origin story without doing an origin story, you know, and now you are left with this character that you can do anything with when you get into a movie or, or even other series here. Well, I think for some people, and it's, it's, it's movie makers fault, it's, it's filmmakers fault, for a very long time, multiple decades, outside of television, comic book and superhero movies and stories for pot boilers. Just put it on, let it boil. Don't have to think about it. It's the crash bang pow. It's the light. It's the flash. It's where you go to try out your latest uh, VFX and CGI technique. It's the relationship you want to build with, you know, lights and sound, <laughs> all of these different things. And people are really fighting to keep that as the core understanding that they have superhero movies because it's easy to bag on them when you do that. But TV and what's happened out of the comic book world on TV, particularly when you don't ignore animated, has always been rich. It's always been layered. It's always where you got these ideas that you blend in the moral of the story through a character who's struggling or who's damaged or who doesn't see how they fit and is almost always stunned at this idea that there's something bigger better and greater than they are now with moon Knight, them giving us this story where we're fully rooted in the contemporary with steven and he's got a life and he may be a bit of an odd duck in every aspect of his life but he's like got this core of you know nothing really bothers him it all kind of washes off its back and you don't know why because it seems like the world around him views him as a punching bag so for us them to take us on this journey of this person and then keep turning the page and saying, oh, but 
is this really about Steven? And then you meet Mark and then you meet Layla and then you start to get the bigger world of what's going on. And they've laid it all in, in this nice little crevice of what's happening in the bigger aspect of things. People get angry because like one of the things that I never understood why people didn't really appreciate about Eternals is it because it told you even outside of this big battle of what's having New York, the world's bigger than New York, the world's bigger than the U.S. And I think that's the second problem people have with these stories. And so it's hard to take issue with any of that in Moon Knight. You know, you, you, it's multifaceted. You still got a globetrotting adventure. You still got playing around in a massive sandbox of lore and, and magic and things that are mysticism that are bigger than us. But at the very center, you've got this story that's basically explaining what Khonshu meant when this guy was laying on his steps, bleeding out and saying, you're broken. I feel your pain. You're perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that, if you can't understand that that is just an entirely new, different way to treat prestige TV, I don't know what to tell you. If you still look at this and you can't handle the fact that there's supposed to be a lot of exposition, one, I know you don't spend a lot of time talking to me because, I mean, my, I, I am exposition sometimes. But the other is, you're missing the fun. Like, all of this was painful. It was ridiculous. But there was still fun. And the moment where you really knew Jake showed up, you were just like, oh, oh, it's going to happen. So you still got all these threads that they can pull. And they've opened the door to keep giving us more Moon Knight in subsequent series, seasons, which I also really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean... Well, I think this I is... Mean, a, we might not... I'll, yeah, I'll, it, it might I'll not get a... Egyptian Underworld for a while. Right, and we might not get more Moon Knight in, in series, because this might be one of the, their, their limited series and things like that, but you might get right. him showing up or the characters or... Just the concepts of this, right? I mean, you're getting a whole Egyptian underworld, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're about to deal with a god killer soon. So, like, there's so many things that tie together here. And before people go, oh, well, no, they won't do this. Like, we're literally going to the multiverse of madness where we've seen several different things that have popped up in these shows before that are popping up in, in these trailers and, and what we think are going to happen into that, that movie. So it's very clear that Marvel is taking this idea of yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Anything we say here is definitely something we can pull in. This is not like well, what we did with... You know, yeah. Deepon gets to be right again this whole past week. Which, one? Uh, which time? Yeah. No, I mean, you get to have an overarching Deepon was right. This whole past week, if you've been paying attention to the conversations that have been on social media where they're talking to people who are directors or who are somehow involved in filmmaking in the MCU, and all of them say, well, I have creative freedom, you know, but I just have to make sure that I'm paying attention to this. So I never really watched that, but I had to look at these highlight points. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea that you threw out relatively early in us talking about Moon Knight, that this was more about expanding the base at, through a character is true. Because now the possibility that we're going to be dealing with different iterations or variants of people super high after episode five so they don't actually have to come back and give us more moon night because they've opened the door to multiple other worlds or pathways and stories 
just by introducing Mark and just mm-hmm. by introducing Tawet and just by having us walk that close to Osiris's door and what and all of those things mean. And I, there was just at one point where they said this, where the souls were dropping down. I was like, I'm going I'm, I'm to go to Deepal's house. I'm going to speak to management because I just want to hit you one time. Because now that whole theory that you were throwing out about Kang and Dune and everybody suddenly starting to talk about X-Men and Fantastic Four, that just becomes so much more plausible that it annoys me with you. It annoys me. That's fair. That's fair to be annoyed. Um, what I liked was all the subtle world building they did. Mm-hmm. Um, the intersectionality of uh, planes of untethered, uh, pers- uh, untethered souls casually referencing the ancestral plane mm-hmm. so now there's multiple afterlives there's valhalla there's all these things so i like that they just casually that's now it all counts the thor gods those are gods too this all counts now i like the way they did that um i love the way and i didn't really it didn't occur to me that they had done this until i was talking to people who aren't us but if you've watched this show from the beginning you just watched the show they killed the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because as introduced, Steven is the main character of the show. And it's something that they say about Marvel, oh, there are no stakes, or all these things don't matter. That had an impact on people that I didn't realize because I was, the whole time I was waiting for Mark. Mm-hmm. But if you came into the show and Steven's your entry point, that's a bold move to do that in your penultimate episode. Yeah, when they were like, when, when Steven makes that realization that it's like, Oh, you're the original. You made me. I'm not as really stressful. Yeah, it's a stressful. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, and but then even Mark kind of going, it's like, but you're more than that, right? I needed a way to have a normal childhood to be able to think that I had a mother who loved me and like all those different things, right? Yes, I made you, but like some you you did we deserved this. We needed this point. Like there's I mean Again, it's it's so it, it, it's so interesting how they do this because, like you said, they they do this big world building on these shows, but every single one of them is also also very small in terms of its character building. Hyper personal, yeah. Very very personal. Wow. Very very like you know like it you know you if you're on, if you're not careful depending on depending on like you can literally go and like all right cool which one of these marvel characters are you are you wanda are you clint are you, <laughs> don't take are you Kate, like yeah don't you don't you don't want to you know you do which one of these are you're like oh no 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 don't like if you ever see one of those quiz no, pop up you. don't take that quiz no don't, thank you don't do that. Don't um, do that. Because that's you don't want you don't want to have those. You don't want you don't want to end up in a locked in an asylum in your mind having this conversation well, I, with one, yourself. One thing, one thing I, I think is really interesting. From a, yeah. One thing I think is really interesting from a storytelling and a psychological perspective is the first time he and it's a it's a deliberate decision to dissociate. One mm-hmm. when he creates Stephen. Mm-hmm. Two, he creates Stephen as someone who has no fear. But he also is the one, Stephen's the one who does interact with his mother when she's in the rages, mm-hmm. which means he created the Stephen Grant that had so little fear that he could withstand that and still see the good in his mother. Yes. He didn't create Stephen as a stress ball. It wasn't a hiding place. It was a protector, mm-hmm. which is wild when you think about their demeanor. And it occurs to Stephen when he starts fighting back for Mark. Yes. I was created to protect you. Yes. 
Right. It's interesting because I was doing some, I was looking at some of the stuff about DID because I think the movies that you watch or the shows that talk about DID, they kind of play into some of the more, I, it's, it's always questionable. So, but I, one the thing Batman that I villain-ish version, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they always want to make it, take, take it to some kind of twisted deviant place. And mm-hmm. that's very disturbing to me. But, but so I was doing just some basic general research. And I do think it's interesting that one of the theories is the one that they had play out here that, 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 of, you know, the protector persona and what that means and how that is. And I think it's very, very, amazing that the one that they put forward who has to come to the realization of you know my purpose and 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 what it is is steven because that's also where mark stored anything that he considered soft so all of his you know random facts his knowledge his joy his interest in archaeology his love of egyptian mythology all of those things still are also in steven you know mm-hmm. so he also protected himself by protecting the things that nobody in his formal primary life would appreciate. His mother wasn't interested in him being good at anything because as far as she was concerned, he didn't have the right to be. So he hid those things too. So nobody could get to them. And I do think it's interesting when you get all the way to the end, that the thing that it took to balance the scales was for him him to have to admit, not only for Steven to realize he's the altar, but for Mark to have to admit that all the things that he put in Steven, where he's mm-hmm. screaming, so what? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're still his, because that's what it took to balance the scale. That uh, meme that you, the, the comics Insta that you sent me, this episode really should have been called, it's not a mask, it's your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about this at the beginning, right? We said that, hey, by the time we get to the end, this is going to be Mark having to reconcile all of his personalities and all of these these things he did and work together instead of trying to, you know, shuffle them off into something else. Like, it's it's all still you, right? And, and, and seeing that you're having to go through and literally have to balance his scales and then um, come back from that. So... Yeah, it 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 it's funny. You know, well, again, this episode wasn't funny in a lot of ways. It was actually quite quite sad at some times. You're just like, Ooh. there's a lot, but there was funny parts in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, you're and right. Says, Why would you imagine a mental institution? Because we're crazy, right? <laughs> right. It's like, come on, like we're just that moment. Just so exasperated. Yeah. He's like, he's like a hippo. Right. Really. Right. Of course. Yeah. But I also think that this kind of speaks to the thing that people are always trying to um, to ignore about comic stories. Like, we've been playing with this whole existential crisis thing since Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. In the cave, where he realizes he's got, he could die. Like, and a lot of the things that he's ignored about the, the, the innovative genius that he got from his father he can either look to them now to figure out how to keep a piece of metal from moving into his heart and killing him, or he can stay the Tony Stark that he's comfortable being and has right. been and the persona that he's presented to the world. Right? right? Well, I mean, and 
Does it piggyback off of that? Like, all the MCU... To be fair, all the MCU shows have done this, right? Like, we've... <laughs> people said to go, why did they make the Thor movies funny? I was like, um, you're laughing, but have you seen the pain that he's gone through over these right. four fucking movies? Have, let right. the man have some laughs, because Thor might be one of the most tragic characters we had next to Mark now. Before Mark, he was one of the tra- most tragic characters we had in the MCU. Have you guys been paying attention to what this man has lost? It's like, come on. But I think, that's, but I think that speaks a lot to how just in general, and I'm not going to speak for nobody except me, but how a lot of black people are. At some point in time, we all make the mm-hmm. decision. We're going to laugh or we're going to cry. Mm-hmm. How are we getting through this? Mm-hmm. And we will make some completely ridiculous joke at our own trauma's expense just so we can see that there is a way forward and way through this. I don't know what other people's existential crisis have ever looked like, but mine is frequently and often highly ridiculous. But that, I think sometimes, you know, Taika Matiti goes for the overt and the big laugh. I do, uh, upon occasion, prefer the way that they've done it with Moon Knight. Like, you know, they're having this deep moment, and then Mark punches Steven in his face. And then throws him down a hole. I was like, yeah, that's funny. That's mm-hmm. also probably how, it would, how I would go about it. So I, I, like, I like the way that, you know, again, they take all these elements of things, what people think it means, and what the MCU is built for, and then they challenge you for that. I don't, I mean, people push back and they say, I don't want to go in that direction. You're going to give me this or you're pushing too much of an agenda here. Uh, so I'm going to be angry with you, which basically that means you should just give away all your comics because, you know, they're all, they all, they're all agenda. But yeah, you, I think, that, but again, like I said, it's like you get into these things and it's impossible if you're really honest with yourself at what you're looking at, if you're paying more attention to just the, the, the really amazing way that they made uh, Duat look and, and the, 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 the sand zombies of the unbalanced souls and, you know, the, uh, the deeply ironic portion that you look at the sky and it's all purple and there's a, been another place where you go to the afterworld where it's purple too. So are we sure there was only one door back? Just saying. Um, you get all these different things. And if you're still thinking that they just put a pot on to boil, then why are you here? Right. Right. It's like I said, I, I go ahead. Yes. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just saying, I, I really, I don't know. I think that um, this series has been a great, like something that we've always talked about is how they, they can take these big threats threat to the world. There is Harrow or Doom or whatever um, going out there and sending souls actually like early. But in this moment, the threat is dishonesty with self. The threat is not reconciling the full parts of who you are. The threat is the memory of your mother blaming you for the death of your brother. Mm-hmm. And it is something powerful to say that in the genre show in 2020, to have one character say to himself, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And then don't feel hokey or like Robin Williams-esque or anything like that. 
at the same time, I get to freak out because as they're on the street talking, a taxi cab drives away. Right. I screamed. And I was like, keep putting taxi cabs back to these fucking scenes. Here. Well, the first time you, the, the first time they look through the door and they're looking through it and neither one of them can kind of remember that. Cause well, I mean, oh, no, Mark kind of, Mark, yeah, Mark's line. Mark's kind of remembered, but in the background, you see the taxi cab. I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Like, did he just <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just gonna okay. We, this, this is how you guys okay. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do. Yeah, I mean because again, Mark said that he didn't go. So who took him there? Mm-hmm. Stephen didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I am slightly frightened by the fact that we all know that one sarcophagus didn't get open, and Stephen just got turned to sand. And I'm like, mm, does that mean all he's taking with him? Is Jeff? Oh Jesus! Yes, yes. Right. It's Mark. It's a Mark and Jake show now. It's about a much more violent forty-five minutes. Um, that is so David Lynch. But um, it's <laughs> your art. Well, also, we got Jake. We got the explicit Jake. And I know some listeners are probably wondering when that happens. During don't rewatch the episode when he's in the office with Harrow and he's got the bloody nose, the bloody scratch across his nose. Mm-hmm. He's screaming at Harrow, and then he breaks into an accent we've never heard on the show. Mm-hmm. A Brooklyn accent who's very confident and trying to talk his way out of everything. Yep. That was the first time they showed us Jake. Not in a mirror. First time they showed us Jake, not in a mirror. He's been there before. Yes. Because I think there's one other moment when someone leans forward and says, Stephen, that it is in fact not Mark. Mm-hmm. I also think that when he stood up and uh, tried to finesse his way out the office and picked up that uh, heavy uh, desk pyramid, yep. the glass thing. I think that's Jake, too. Oh, that, that, that's, when, that's when he's doing the fast talking. And as he's talking to Harrow, he's picking it up, and that's why they tackle him. Mm-hmm. Jake was going to kill Harrow. Jake's solution was kill this guy and escape. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, 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 I listen. See, now it makes me saying I think Jake had a good idea sound much worse. No, it sounds, it sounds, way it sounds exactly what it's supposed to sound. <laughs> I, I feel there's some heavy implication there. But... No implications. Implications means that I'm telling you something. Oh, oh, we're still going to fight. We're still going to fight. But I, I'm, mm, fuck you. But uh, it, it, I, it's, I mean, listen. I like complicated, I like messy, but I am almost always here for disaster character. You guys know that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's on fire. That's me. Everything else might confirm, but I'll be all right. And I really feel like they play and lean into these types of things in this whole season, in this whole show. And I, 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 just, I just really dig it. I mean, this has actually become my favorite of all of the episodic MCUs. Yeah. And I was surprised by that fact because we all know that I've been like, you know. Well, each of, them, each of them is so different. Like each of them, they're so different, but the themes are, are, are again, I keep bringing this up. The themes are always these characters finding themselves, right? Finding out who they are, who they're meant to be. And a lot of times you're going through five, six episodes of them fighting that, right? I mean, you got that definitely in Captain America and, and Winter Soldier, you got that definitely in, in mm-hmm. WandaVision. You got that in in Hawkeye, like you got that in Loki, definitely. You know, like who 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 are it's all, you? Yeah, right, it's it's, it's all there. But that's also because that's how all these things are. Like again, we're, I'm talking about Thor because we had the Thor trailer come out. But again, Thor has been 
every single movie has basically been Thor. And when you read the comics, it's like, Thor, who are you? What are you trying to be? Right? You know, like sometimes, and, and it is also this idea of sometimes you need to become what you've been fighting not to become and not necessarily in a bad thing. Thor's never really wanted to take over and be the king of Asgard, but it's like, dude, so that's your, that's what you are. <laughs> you are the prince of Asgard. You need to do that. Right. Tony has been, Tony spent so long fighting who he, who he was and being a hero. I'm not really a hero. Right. No, nah, they're just, you know, this guy, you know, I fund the Avengers. I do this stuff, but like, what did he do? He made the sacrifice play. Like all of these characters are fighting, you know, themselves. And it's what, and again, it's one of the core differences between, you know, the Marvel approach and some of their characters in, in DC. And again, not to shit on DC and how they, even from a comic point of view, how they write their characters, their characters are just different. Right. You know, um, but from Marvel, it's always that world outside your window that falls heavily into this idea of, we're going to take these, we're going to take these people that are super powered and have more power than gods. But what if they had people problems, right? What if they had the same, right? What if they had the same type of internal struggles that you have every day? Wouldn't that be interesting? You're like, actually, that'd be kind of fucking frightening, but yes. (laughs) And then you're watching that happen here. That's what you're seeing here with this. Like, you know, the, the struggles that like, you know, Mark clearly went over overboard, but how many people have suppressed things from their childhood? How many times have people had to find ways of 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 looking at the better the good side or finding some way to kind of make it through the tough times they had? A lot of people, you know? Right. Maybe not to the extreme also, that he did, but like that's relatable to so many people. But I also like the way, and I think this is one of the things that kind of throws people off. Like, I've always read comic stories, and it's always been, like, the subtle nuance. It's always been the things that have been presented as a given that have really kind of hit and resonated with me when it comes to what it means to have representation. You know, Mark is Jewish. Mm -hmm. And they sit Shiva, not once but twice in this latest episode. He has a moment of pure anguish in the middle of the street, and he rips a kid off his head. And he rocked. The only thing he doesn't do is literally rend his own clothing. But they didn't feel like they needed to put a big, huge neon sign around Mark, first Jewish hero in the MCU, coming out the gate at one, two, three, four, five episodes. They let us get to know Stephen Mark. They let us get to know the world he lives in. The, the things about himself that he does and doesn't acknowledge. And then they presented a more broader picture of who he is and gave you an element of, of, of his personality that he also runs from to a certain extent because it's a place of pain for him because of the associations that it has. So as a person watching this show, I don't need them to put a big, huge, fat neon sign around and say, he's the Jewish guy. They just let him have a moment. They let it be natural a part of the show. And that's something that they've been doing more and more with the episodic episodes. And I get a lot of people were annoyed and irritated because it's what anchors Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, where you have to really acknowledge the, you know, the, the schism for Falcon working for the man, literally, mm-hmm. and also being quite easily enemy number one in the face of a malignant world that sees him as less 
not worthy as you know a part of the service class you're not supposed to ever be one of the heroes and they take their people's pain and they take what's going on in their lives and they give it to us like you said what would it be if we looked at all these people who had all these great powers were doing these big huge things and they are completely fucked up the same way regular people are and i think some people miss that the regular schmegular has always been at the heart and the core of the comic mm -hmm. that some of the choices that people make like you get into hawkeye kate identified with the human mm -hmm. who became extraordinary right by the choice of how he trained what he chose to do and that every single thing that he did from them from then was a choice and a lot of his choices are bad when he comes unclued emotionally and now he has debt to pay for which he cannot ever be redeemed outside of i don't know maybe having to reconcile himself and put his heart on a scale and balance it out so i i i, I like the fact that they didn't play into making him having to weigh his scale being him having to accept that the murders he committed were wrong to have him have that moment where after he is looking in the room that's literally built by moon knight mm -hmm. and the point is for steven to go you remember every one of them mm -hmm. and he's like you take a life we don't really we don't really talk about the mindset we don't really talk about what happens to soldiers and people who engage in being the hand or the fist of vengeance for a country, mm -hmm. let alone a God. So I thought it was a, a very in your face yet nuanced way to look at PTSD from a different perspective. Also, another thing he doesn't deal with till now. Also right. what? Also, some people deserved it. And, uh, and I also kind of, you know, he said, he said he's tough, but like, some people were the worst of the worst and they kind of deserve it. And I'm looking at him as a guy in a wheelchair. I was like, oh, even him? Oh, damn. Oh, okay. Um, we just, we, we fucking all these people up? All right. All right. Listen, oh, hold on. Listen. Hold on. Hold on. There's a reason to kill a man in a wheelchair. Hey, no, hey, listen, there's a reason to, there's a, there's, a, there's a reason to push an old woman down the stairs, out of stairs. I'm like, there's That's a reason for everything. There's always a reason. There's always a reason. Don't get me wrong. I, didn't, I wasn't making listen. a, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I wasn't calling the question. I was saying, oh man, you, what did that do? He must've done something. You right? Pointing out there. If you're, yeah, oh, if, that if, wasn't a judgment, observation. No, no, there's an observation. It was like, yo, if you're no, in the, I mean, if you in that room, what? if you in that room, you deserve to be in that room. All right. That's, that's all right, I was saying. You earned your seat. You earned the seat that you sitting in that's all i was saying <laughs> no judgment zone this, here yeah yeah no but if this was just basically like that kind of formulaic thing if they were just like if if this show really isn't an inert as a lot of people were they'd have gone for the easy trope hmm. you know the easy trope he has to he has to admit wrong in order for his to balance against a feather but they went a different direction with it and I and I, I really liked it. I thought it was a good play. I, I think it also gave um, Mark an opportunity to have a different emotional display than we've been getting from him because he's got all sharp edges. And if you're going to unravel somebody, you need to see why they put barbed wire around all of themselves. And I thought it, I thought it was a great play. I thought it was really smart. Um, I. I I, I even like the fact that they, the way that they kind of haphazardly snap him back and forth to Harrow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, I just feel like sometimes 
we at like I mean, somebody told me that they decided that they had made a mistake in letting their kids watch Moon Knight with them. Mm-hmm. Because it was too much. It was over their head. These emotions. I was like, you really think kids don't get sad? Right. I'm like, you've never yelled at your kid and he's run away and gone to his room? She's like, yeah. I said, so what the hell do you think he's doing in his room while you're yelling at him through the door? Right. I was like, you don't want to have the tough conversations and you feel like this is introduced, quote unquote, introduce something to your kid that might be difficult, but you act like your kid is, is a windup and he only exists when you choose to acknowledge him and only I has the emotion. Say what? I feel like you can talk to fewer people about these shows. Why? They came with you with the most ridiculous stances, and you have to come and argue with them. Listen, 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 but this is what I think is fascinating about how people come to comic book worlds, expecting a lack of nuance or expecting it only to color in the primary colors, and they, they, they think they're getting a box of 12, and these mofos pull out a box of 164. I think it's great. I think it's fascinating. I don't mind watching people be discombobulated by the fact that this thing that they thought was safe and going to let them stay in a little box took them. But they're listening to this podcast. Some of them do. Well, then they're stupid. That's just the choice they've made with their lives. I and hope they listen long enough to hear me call them stupid. They probably will. They think, they think you're very yeah. smart. This particular person, oh. he's really smart. I'm like, he is, and he would not like you. But, um... <laughs> No, I think that I think that one of the reasons why I like talking to you guys about this, and I'm happy that we put this in front of the paywall instead of having being the ones for just the premium listeners, is because this show completely dispels any idea you have of what you think is in the Fahey formula, of what you think it means to be MCU movie or MCU property, and what it means to have creative freedom within an IP. I think if you have been able to pretend any way around this, Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke don't let you do that here. One, by the fact that they chose to be a part of these, this project. But two, by what it, what it looks like and how it manifests, because even the alter ego of Dr. You know, Haro is just it's going and doing some real interesting things about you know, how you manipulate people and get in their heads and, and convince them to give you what they want. And, to mess them up so much to where they're not a problem while you're over here doing this thing you do because you realize you can't exercise your ability as an avatar to balance them and let them be judged by your God because they're so in flux and chaos, the scales on your wrists don't work and you want them to because you need to stop the person who can stop you. And they never once really make that an overt storyline, but if you paid it from the beginning, he's tried to banish mark or steven before and wasn't able to so i think it all plays back in and it's very smart and it's very subtle but it's still very much so comics right yeah um oh last thing i I did want to mention too because we were mentioned before again giving us the origin of the origin they um I wondered how they were going to do the whole Bushman thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Just make him make it. That's his, that's his last name. And he's a, he, he, he was a, he was formerly military. Oh, okay, cool. And we're not going to go racist. That, and show. that was a, 
I was, I was like, mm, look at that. Didn't even oh, touch the net. It didn't even, right. Beautiful I was like, oh, that's how we're going to do it. Mm. And, and, and hit that. Or, I was like, that's a, Money and Kevin didn't break stride on that one. Right. Oh, that was nice like, outside shot. I was like, oh, look at that. You turned around and looked. You did the Steph Curry. Turned around, didn't even look at it go in. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> nice job there. Good. Good job on, again, navigating all of the, again, when you think about all of the um, problematic stuff in those early, the, the Moon Knight origin, they they have successfully danced around all of that shit and, and done really This is an job. Argentine tango and they got yeah, still. Yeah, they, they got through it all, so. Um, okay, we got one more episode left. Um, uh, we'll be back next week to talk about that. Uh, before we wrap this up, I did want to talk about some things because this is also Multiverse of Madness week, which I am now also looking at this going like, huh. so let me get this straight. This last episode ends the day before the, mat, the, the Multiverse of Madness comes out. Okay. All right. I don't, I'm not saying there's a connection there, but that seems interesting timing and how all this stuff comes together. So, um, I mean, she did say it was an afterlife. Yes. Not the yeah. afterlife. Yes. Yeah, so, um, there's been a lot of stuff coming in. Uh, I wanted to see, we, we got, I know, uh, I've seen some people complaining about like the, the trailers and the TV spots showing too much. And all I can say is like, they, we saw this before with no way home where they showed you stuff that happened in the first 20 minutes. And then all the stuff that did, that we didn't see happen. And, and I'm like, if this is what they're showing you, what are we not seeing? Right. But they also did a lot of things out of sequence in the trailers for No Way Home. Yes. So when you saw it in the movie, it was completely recontextualized and had a different meaning and purpose. And so, we also they're not they're not beyond just putting things into trailers and then them not being there. not having it in the movie at all. Right. So I, I Hulk in Infinity. Yes. Right. Yes. Um now that said, I do believe that because we've said it from when we first saw the shadows that those were the Illuminati up there. So my question to you two is, who's on your Illuminati? Oh. I'll let Rogo first. Uh-uh. I can't because I don't have, I don't know. There will be an Ethan Hawke who will be a Doom. Okay. Krasinski is Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. I think they'll do Namor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chuck. We've seen Chuck's chair now. Mm-hmm. Gonna be Medusa for the Inhumans. Silent Oregon movies. Okay, that one I agree with. And I would throw in like a Clea Strange. Like I wouldn't let I wouldn't let a Stephen Graham be up there. I'd let it be someone who's close enough to him where he's like, wait, what the hell? But far enough away where it's not him judging himself. Yeah. I mean, I've been screaming the one person who I'm convinced from the beginning is Reed. So I keep screaming time bubble. That's <laughs> yeah, that that that's like I, I, I can see Namor. Yeah, I can see that. But the other ones, I don't really I don't really have a firm list. My brain screams and comes up with a new name every single time they talk about it. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is what I had. So uh see I'm I'm torn on having some some panther there so whether shuri or um mbaku one of those two i I actually do have a version of strange um Mm -hmm. on there i obviously have xavier um 
I had Namor as well. I have Reed. I have Captain Carter instead of a Captain America. Um, nice. I, I love that. Yeah, I have I have an Iron Man. Now, whether that they bring back in um, Robert Downey Jr. or that gets you the crews as, and, as superior Iron Man, I'll let people fight over that. And then I'm torn, right? Because I'm trying to go with the seven, because that's the seven of the original comic Illuminati, right? So the, the original comic Illuminati is Captain America, Iron Man, Namor, Black Bolt, uh, Strange, Xavier, and Reed Richards. I don't have Black Panther there because he technically turned it down, but for movie version, I do see putting one in there. So I'm torn, right? Ooh, I'm, I'm hey. Huh? Sylvie. Huh? Sylvie. There you go. Yeah, I can see that. I can see I can see a Sylvie. Um I was thinking a new version of Logan as one. Or Ooh. if you just want to Yeah, I don't I that's a that's a long shot. But it, again, I'm thinking cuz you got to get humor in there somewhere. Deadpool. <laughs> just because it Yo, would throw everybody off. And Illuminati, I can't take you seriously. Wade's <laughs> in jail with him. Or that too, yeah. I can it's see that. <laughs> you know what? No, actually, actually, I can see that. I can, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see Wade there. Like he's just sitting in this cell, and Wade's just like, "What's so what he in for?" <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I stole a time machine and killed Hitler. Yeah. Didn't like it, but, then, but I can see I can see that being no because Sylvie got away. So I was gonna say I can see uh-huh. that's to be Sylvie. So um, Sylvie yeah. didn't get away. No, she yeah she did. She went she went with um. But she's at the end of time. Like if, if right. I can see Sylvie in the Illuminati. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I don't see her in, in jail. That's what I'm saying. I can see Sylvie okay. on the see Sylvie there. Um, and uh, you could put Kang there, but I think that's too much. I don't because think they're going to put Kang I, there. I, I, I feel like no. I do feel like I am, we are going to see Kang in the movie, though. I, I think we might. I think we might see, and I'm never going to feel Kang again. before we see him. Hmm? I think we may feel the uh, the effects of Kang existence before we see Jonathan Majors in full purple. And oh yeah, I, I think it might be answer. like at the end of Loki, where you go back and the big huge statues are everywhere, and like his looming presence exists. Well, I don't think I'm we, thinking more along the lines of the castle that that or where you're seeing Strange in in, in the trailers. I'm like, like where we kind of saw and, and met that version of Kang in the in the in the Loki series. So okay, but, um, okay, I do. I like the. I like. I like the idea of Captain Carter. Yeah, I definitely think that you're going to see. That instead of instead of uh, Captain America, um, I definitely think we're gonna like the ones I really think are gonna happen. Uh, Captain Carter definitely. I, I I do think we're gonna get Reed just because of the news of 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 John Watts stepping away from Fantastic Four. Like that means to me that they're actively working on Fantastic Four. Um, because if you're not, then like you can step away, dude. We're, we're still years away, so what does it matter? That tells me it's like, oh no no, we we do need your input on some of these things or. Something like I think that. He's so. tired. Let them well, no, no, no. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But it, it sounds like he's also trying to step away from comic book movies. And yeah, I'm like, if he's tired, then you put everything on pause. Yeah, you put everything. If it's on pause. moving, then you say, "See you in a minute, Pam." Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. So I feel like that might be why that's happening. So I definitely do think we're going to get a version of Reed. Um, so those are uh, Captain Carter, Reed, definitely, and obviously Xavier. Or a version of Xavier, and I do think Namor because I, I feel like Namor might be in the Black Panther movie, so it would be good to put a version of Namor in 
That's a good guess. Go go with the people who are already close to people we know, plus add in the pushing forward with the name. That's smart. Exactly. So I, I, like, I like it. I yeah. like it. But I did. I yeah. So yeah. I see Medusa though. So he found got me with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm really interested. Like I said, this is going to be an interesting week. I'm just telling everybody, stay off the line. You know how this is. Stay offline. Stay off. Or, or don't and show up about it. Well, that too, right? You know, I it's going to be I mean, online. I, if I see some shit, I believe in suspense, not mystery. I, I'm fine with it. Even I don't. Right. If you have me with a spoiler, I will fight you. But if I see a spoiler, I'm not going. Why? You won't see me bitching about it on the internet. It, I mean, like at a at a minimum, if this is your bag and you do actually believe in mystery, mute the terms. Mm-hmm. Just mute the terms. You're you we're we're. 12 years in at this point, guys, you know, you know, the, you know, the deal, you know, the, yeah. you, know, you, you, you know, the deal It's it's, it's that week and is this big stuff. So it's, is that time and for something like this where there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's that time. And I ain't going to hold you. They're being funky with embargoes. So if you really do care about going into a movie as clean as possible and you do, you do social media, you're on the internet, do yourself a favor, just mute the terms. If there's some people who, you know, who can't help themselves but go off, block them for 30 days, and just move on with your life with joy. But yeah, it just, it's 10 plus years in. If you don't know how to protect your peace, we can't help you. Oh, I just saw what the embargo is on that. Oh, that's, ooh, that's, that's. Right. Right. Ooh, that, ooh, that is. Right. Not good. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. When I say not good, I don't mean that for the movie. I mean, for what else that is. Oh, that's gonna be rough. Yeah, the embargo. Uh, yeah, I can say, I can say, I can say. This. So the social media embargo. So you're you're gonna start seeing reactions at midnight on the third, and their review embargo is up at nine a.m. on the third. So yep, yeah, they're making almost every critic who's getting a screening in their region. We're all walking into the movie theaters tomorrow. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah. So you you guys have been warned. I like telling people when when these things come up because that oh, way you you're go aware. Ahead and mute the terms for Avatar. If if you don't display oh, it, yeah. because they just no sent an cares. email out that they're doing a sneak preview before we see the MCU movie that's coming from Avatar. So mute them terms too, because yeah. they're lifting that embargo. I'm just saying that's why just. Yeah. Save yourself because the internet's going to be flooded with talk about it because he didn't get the bump that they wanted out of CinemaCon. So now they're farming out the trailer and the bit that was released over at CinemaCon over the weekend is going to be shown prior to oh, uh, the Avatar, the, the Avatar Madness. Thing? So, so Deepon and I also talked about this beforehand. We were talking about this on the Flash thing. Um, uh, DC shouldn't have blinked. Uh, w shouldn't have blinked. Uh, they should have left Sazam 2 there because yeah. I think they're over. I think there's a lot. I think, <laughs> I think people are overconfident in what Avatar Two is gonna do because nobody yep. wants to see that fucking film. I, I just DC should have took that risk. I would not I, as risky as they think. They should have left it there. Really, and is not as risky as they. It is not really as risky as they thought. Like this is this not. This isn't the '90s. This isn't. Well, it's not even the '90s. Like that movie came out in 2009, and I get, I get that people say oh, it was over. What it was at that time, and it really was in a technological marvel. Was it? Was it a great story and things like that? No, but like I will give Avatar credit for being that and pushing the envelope on 3D, 3D technology, IMAX technology, and things like that. Here's the problem. That was what, 2009? It, it mm-hmm. is 2022. 
2020. No, I made the predictive mind of what people were doing in the early aughts was still yeah. the mindset of the right. data sets and all of the things. And that came out of the end of the 90s and they didn't mm. really update it until after 2010 at post Avatar. Avatar yeah. was kind of the benchmark and yeah. the tentpole that made people kind of recalibrate what they think about for blockbusters and tentpole movies and the definition of pop boiler and what people are fascinated with out of tech that's what i mean when i say it is the 90s yeah. anymore because again remember but, this is this is this is not uh, it is disney but this is this was fox <laughs> fox was believing in this shit before disney bought them so they're just kind of riding this shit out um i do not believe in avatar i do not now maybe something will change and, well james but, cameron also doesn't even have the same reputation he had before he the first avatar right so so yeah. So Shazam should have stayed where they were and ate that movie up. Well, I, and I thought, I, and I think that if Shazam stayed there, um, Avatar would have moved. I think if they play chicken, Avatar would have moved. So that's just my opinion on this. I think they should have stayed. I know what movie. If I was paying money, I know movie chicken I'm, with themselves though. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, they blink. chose. They yeah. chose Avatar. They did right. Everyone. Like what I would have done, what I would at least have done, I would at least have waited until the trailer dropped, or we got the first look at coming up this week, and then seeing what their reactions will be. And if everybody's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna go see Avatar," then you move it. But they didn't even do that. They blinked. They're basing before. it. They're basing <sighs> it off the reaction at a CinemaCon, and that's the mistake. But what was the reaction at a CinemaCon? Because like, didn't know, didn't they did not get the reaction they wanted at a CinemaCon? Like that's the thing Shazam I don't get. Didn't get. Reaction it wanted out of Sam. Oh, so Sam didn't get the okay. All right, Ugh. but that's not the target it's audience. It's not are not the people who went to CinemaCon, and that's the other thing. That's that's the thing that I just think is really fascinating from a critic's point of view. Because um, I just kind of sit around and I watch and I read other people's work because I think it's interesting and I like to support. But I do think that there's this schism in this idea of what makes up. The formula for certain things, and I think sometimes, I think sometimes that they are looking to the wrong voices. They're looking to the they're they're, they're taking the bead off the wrong pulse. It's like there's some people who have a very definitive and very small. I personally, somebody made a joke the other day that somebody should take Scorsese hostage and make him make an MCU movie, and, or and I was like, I was like, you know what? Like if you showed him the right movies, actually got him to watch him, he'd say challenge accepted. So they're the mindset of the people no, who are looking you. at this. I don't want it. I'm just saying he might say challenge accepted, depending on which movie you showed him, because he's like, well, I can do better than that. He's wrong. But he'd try it because he's Scorsese and his ego's that big. But I think a lot of people are making ego plays. I think a lot of people are making like, remember, the first Shazam came out and nobody expected it to do anything. And they kind of dropped it in a dump mutt and cleaned mm -hmm. the up up. And I think that their logic is, well, we've got to find a spot like that to put it in again so we can get the same kind of response we got to the first one. Because they don't understand that the response was due to people seeing that movie, it being so good beyond anything that they expected and coming at a surprising aspect. That word of mouth got people to show up and show up and show up like the Daniels are getting with everything everywhere all at once. Like. You know, suddenly said, so this is how you do the multiverse. No, the multiverse ma matters. And I'm like, mm, 
there are lots of ideas about it, but they're taking the pulse from the wrong people when they're making these judgment calls because the people who they're listening to aren't even the people that their demographic reads to see or get the pulse of what they think about what they are interested in seeing for the TV mm-hmm. and on their screen in the theater. So they didn't get exactly the response that they wanted out of Shazam. But honestly, most of the people who I know who this is their bag or that they are really firmly into reviewing these types of movies, they didn't go to CinemaCon. Right. So. No, no, they, they just they, they didn't get approved or they're like, not in the year of our pandemic. Am I going to a convention in Vegas? Right. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, so prepare for this week. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, obviously, uh, I know Brandon will probably be joining us for the non-spoiler review this week. So we'll have our review up and then we'll get Deepom on for the spoiler review for Multiverse of Madness next weekend. So yes. stay tuned, folks. We got a lot to talk about. So again, folks, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back soon. So until next time, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>